Hello everyone, welcome to uh, Thoroughbred Weekly. Uh, May 22, 2021 will be forever known now as the Doombin Massacre. A horse called Zaki arrived in town. He did it in the Hollandale. Not everyone was sold on this horse. He came to Doombin yesterday and speaking to a lot of people who have seen a lot more Doombin Cups than we have, said it was the biggest Doombin Cup win in history. Zaki is his name. Ron Duffersey and I were there at Doombin. Bernadette Cooper's going to join us in a moment. Um, have you, you've had a night to sleep on it. No, well, I'm still trying to comprehend it. Um, I don't know what I saw there yesterday. I, I'm convinced it was something special. I'm, I'm, I'm saying, trying to think, well, maybe they just had an off day, but they can't all have an off day. And he, he run time of a good horse, you know, it's, when you're talking about a race record and a Doombin Cup, um, the track wasn't actually on fire or anything like that. He's a, I don't know, I don't know what to think of him, because he, 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 he's got exposed form, like he's not as if he's a, a new kid on the block or something like that, he's, he's, he's been around the world. Um, but to do what he did yesterday, if he can re keep reproducing performances like that, he is a, a standout weight for age champion of Australia. Lizzie, you know the horse very well. Yeah. You watch from afar. Yes. Could you comprehend that? Uh, I no. I could, I never thought he was going to win by that stretch against that type of class. Albeit when we go through the run, there's a few of them had a, had a few issues and they did pull up with a few problems and they are probably at the end of their preparations. But it doesn't matter. He still won in impressive style, more than impressive. He was just absolutely outstanding. I never thought that he was going to be able to keep lengthening. And then, you know, he probably could have won by even more if there was more pressure applied. But I think that he is, what's the biggest factor about him is he's a real improver. Mm. Every time he stepped out, we've seen him improve. Obviously, he had that toughen up run where he was beaten by paths of glory. Um, but he has, since he's gone to Queensland, he's kept improving and I think she's cooking with gas. She's got many, many options and he's on an upward curve, whereas I think a lot of these other weight for age contenders at the moment, that, that especially the ones yesterday, probably not at the, the peak of their condition. So the spring will be the most exciting, but he's certainly going to make a, well, he's made a big name for himself over this winter period. Uh, Bernie certainly set the winter carnival alight with uh, now two performances, <laughs> but yesterday was another level. Yeah, we can't believe it. We've had two pin-up horses here for the 10,000, Eduardo and now Zaki, that have just delivered uh, for the racing fans. And I think for us here in Queensland, obviously we weren't 
as over the as involved in this horse's previous career before coming to Queensland. So we just saw that exemplary effort in the Hollandale Stakes and thought, holy moly, we've got something really exceptional here. So um, I think you know people was split 50-50. Could he repeat that? Or could he improve on that? Or would he just um, you know fall back fall back into the so-so round? But obviously that wasn't to be, and it's that whole Annabelle Nisham sort of fairy tale. Her first 12 months in training, two Group One winners. Who wouldn't want to have a horse and work with Annabelle? Yeah. Well, that's well, we're going to talk a lot about Annabelle. We're going to talk a lot about James McDonald and the position he's in with all these horses, that the, the the great horses that he's riding at the moment. If you haven't seen it, this is what all the fuss is about. Racing in the Doombin Cup. Zaki out wide began okay. Brandon Berger way better. Toffee Tongue rolling forward. Sir Dragon A handy. Likewise, shared ambition. Mugger 2 drifting back over on the inside of Natoya. A length and a half to Humidor. Avilian spat second last. And Melody Bell says last of all earlier. So Brandenburg's got the lead from second the outside. Zaki, the race favourite. Third, shared ambition. Fourth, Sir Dragon A. Fifth is Toffee Tongue. A length and a half to Mugger 2 over on the rail there. Natoya's on the outside and further back to Humidor. Second last to Villiers. So Melody Bell was last about nine or ten lengths off the leader. So Brandenburg here by just over two lengths from the race favourite, Zaki. Third, Shared Ambition. Fourth, Sir Dragon A. Two and a half lengths away to Toffee Tongue. Next one, Mugger two. Further back to Natoya. Back nearer the inside, Humidor. Second last, the outside of Villiers. A length and a half to Melody Bell. The best part of 12 or 14 lengths off to the speed. So Brandenburg here by two lengths from the race favourite, Zaki. Third, Shared Ambition. Fourth, Sir Dragon A. Three or four further back to Toffee Tongue. Next one there, back nearer the rail. Mugger two and further back to Natoya. Humidor third last, second last, the outsides of Elias and Melody Bell still last of all as they swing down to the side here. And Brandon Berg by a length and a half from Zaki in second. They didn't sneak away by three or four lengths now from Shad Ambition. Sir Dragon is fourth on the outside, but six lengths off the leader. Further back to Toffee Tongue, Mugger two and then Natoya of and further back to Humidor. And Melody Bell swings the last at the 400 metres marker. Zaki's taken over here from Brandenburg. They're well clear from Toffee Tongue going to third. Back near the inside, Shared Ambition. And then Sir Dragon A followed by Natoya. But look at this go. Zaki inside the 200 metre marker. A one-act affair in the Durban Cup. It's a mile in front. They queue up the miners. Toffee Tongue, Brandenburg, Natoya further back of Villiers. But look at Zaki. Won't get any more impressive than that. Here's the star. Zaki is romped in the Durban Cup from Toffee Tongue. Photo third, Brandenburg. Amazing. He just kept going. He kept going. He put it to Brandenburg bef well before the turn when they were all under a lot of pressure. And the further they went, the further he went. Well, at one stage there when you thought, oh, they've gone out very hard here, or hard enough. And I thought, well, the pack's got to start to move in on them now. And they couldn't. They couldn't. It was just sustained speed. You know, they get to a point here, well, fair enough. Uh, um, they're, they're minding their own business and then all of a sudden they're all gone. They're all just out on their feet and he's just like, he's, he's, he's just chimed in. Um, this is a great shot of showing what he's doing to the opposition. It is. When you're, when you're level pegging with this horse from the inside tracker cam. Well, what is, um, looking ahead now, what, what does McDonald do with the riches that he's got? Um, I don't think he, he was, 
when he thought the question was going to come up, I don't think he was wanted to hear it. He refused to be. <laughs> he refused not. He didn't refuse to answer. He refused to accept the question. Yes. What do you do now? Who would you ride? Now we're talking about very elegant and Zaki. They're the best two horses in Australia. Yep. <laughs> hey, well, don't don't talk to me. He said. Don't even don't even bring it up. It's not a it's well, not a decision he has to make right now. No. Well, uh, but. He will have to He's make a, a decision. He's a jockey. They leave, they leave the decision as late as possible. They'll have a ride on <laughs> him in the spring. Returned. And he lost. Oh, let's, while we're at it, um, lost and running a nature strip. While we're at it, yep. Animo. Um, and other two-year-olds. And other two-year-olds that he's got. A, he's just in a, he's, he's in a, a position in his career where now he makes the decisions, not the trainers. He's, he's, he's the king of the castle. And... Um, He's on Zaki and Very Elegant, mm. the two best weight for age horses in the country. He's on Nature Strip and Lost and Running, the best sprinter and the up-and-coming sprinter. He's on Animo, the best, potentially the best two-year-old going forward as a three-year-old. He's had a seat on Stay Inside, which he, which he can't get back on at the moment, and all the others. Incredible position. He, like and say, he'll probably win the Premiership. Tommy Berry wants to win the Premiership, but he's probably going to win the Premiership. Yeah, yeah you would think so. You would think so, even if he, he's just got too much firepower and, you know, he's got that Wednesday support, mainly of the Chris Waller yeah. domination of that the Wednesdays. That was what Tommy was saying yesterday. Even though he rode, he'd gained a few, well, he'd gained on James on the Saturday, James came back on the Wednesday and took them all back. Exactly. And he started where he left off. Yeah. So every week it's, it's this battle of trying to get, you know, get ahead while James is up in Queensland. It's a hard chase. Bernie, he's had a great carnival, McDonald, and it's it's only going to get better from here on in. You would think. I would say so, definitely. Obviously, plenty of Group Ones to come. Uh, he's got that little breathing space, hasn't he, between himself and Tommy? Um, it's really great for Queensland racing to have you know the J Max, the McAvoy's, the Hugh Bowman's come here. It just complements the fact that it is Stradbroke season, and you know this is where everybody wants to be at the moment. So we love it. Um, Tell me about Annabelle Neesham. I know a little bit about her, yeah. but you know her better than, than, than all of us. The, the, she was obviously a wonderful um, horse person uh, to get the job with Kira Ma, but to go out on her own and to do what she's done so quickly, many will say, yes, she's had the firepower. Yes, she's been given a lot of good horses. But no one, no one entrusts those good horses yeah. with someone who's, who, who hasn't earned it or deserves it. Yeah, she's, she's definitely got a, 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 a talent, like a lot of people who train racehorses. She's very, very, she's just a natural uh, horsewoman. She knows exactly, she knows the horses inside out. She knows their ability. She knows which races to put them in. She places them really well and she gives good appraisals. I think she's really quite, um, she can tell you whether it's, you know, one's going really well and it's in the right race and it looks like it's, you know, going to be competitive. But she's, I remember she always mentioned, she kept telling me about this horse, Saki, that she'd got from overseas and you should come and have a look at him. And I remember looking at him in the box and thinking, there's so many horses that have, you know, come from overseas and you have to take the plunge with them. And they, they you know, they run well. Chris Waller built his stable on, on horses um, from the UK, buying out of that horses in training sale. And I had a look at his form. It looked pretty good early on, but he did look to have a bit of a lull. And that's when they sold him and moved him on from Michael Stouts, from Sir Michael Stouts. But she always had a tremendous amount of 
um, enthusiasm in this horse. She always thought he was going to run really well in a Doncaster. And I ignored her actually until I saw him on the day. And I walked down the, from the back of the race, from the, where the, the stalls area are, and I just turned my head and saw this horse all pumped up walking into the mountain yard. I, said, I looked, I said, who is that? They said, oh, it's Zaki. And I thought, geez, that's one of the best looking horses I've seen for a long time. And I think that's what he is. He is just in the zone. She's got him in a good frame of mind. And that's the type of trainer that she is. And she is hot property at the moment. She's done the job with Moanga. And that was obviously a, a horse that was gained, a group one potential horse off of Chris Waller. But to do it with this horse, I think now has cemented her as a future star. Well, to get a horse off Chris Waller like Moanga, you're on a hiding to nothing. No. And she won a group one. She got him at the right time yeah. though. He'd been nurtured, nurtured, nurtured and looked after all the way through. And we all thought he had the talent, but um, she's got it out of him and um, she'll continue to do it. She's a, a great horse person. And you know, she goes back to one of uh, the story I was told about her when she went, what's this Mongolian derby? She, she went yeah. and goes- Well, she worked for the Queen prior to that and she's ridden Aventus as well. Um, so, and then she won, she's won the Mongolian Derby, which is extremely hard to How win. How many days that go for? It's a week, I think. A week. Yeah, Incredible. Yeah. A week yeah. horse race. A week horse race. Like. And you camp out and... Yeah, yeah, you ride, like, you know, most business. of the day. And you, I think it's a thousand kilometres over, on pretty much wild horses, over all this, you know. I think Kieran Ma was actually meant to do it, and then he broke his, he broke leg, his leg, and she substituted for him. And um, she's also, as we probably have, she's pretty competitive as well, so yeah. she likes to do well, and... I think she's um, ticked a lot of boxes. But yeah, I, I said to you guys, only less than 12 months ago, she was um, showing me her colours and her new logo. And now, less than 12 months of training, she's trained two group, group one winners. That's really a hard race to talk about the Beaten Brigade. Well, Bernie, what do you say about the Beaten Brigade, considering that Sir Dragon A pulled up coughing, Mugger 2 pulled up uh, slightly lame, Avilius bled? Yes. So th there's obviously excuses for all of those. But um, the demolition job that we saw, where, where do the others go? Yeah, where, where do the others go? I mean, I guess Ronnie's rougher tip for the race, which was Toffee Tongue, was very good. Um, but outside of that, I think, I think what happened in that race was that sustained mid-race speed just buried the opposition It put them, nobody got to have a rest mid-race. They're probably going, you know, half a second faster here and there. And... Um, they were just off the bit so far from home chasing this superstar that they absolutely he he busted them essentially is what happened and obviously Avilia still did a great job to finish where he did considering he bled and those other horses have pulled up in an ordinary state so I don't know where they go but um, this guy's just flying isn't he the next question has to be this new race in a couple mm -hmm. of weeks' time, is it the Q Q22? Q22. It's, it's the it's <coughs> 2,200 metres worth 1.2 million at Eagle Farm on Stradbroke Day. Well, everyone's just sweating on Annabelle now, just saying, well, the, you know, the the spring's getting closer and closer and closer, and now she thinks she's got a Cox Plate horse. Does she continue on and just take the prize in the next one? Uh, do the other trainers? In that race, well, most of them will have to put their horses in the paddock yet, but there'll be a few there saying, well. Well, I wait till she makes a decision because if she don't run, I will run. Mm -hmm. um, so that's a little bit up in the air. Those decisions, what goes to that Q22 now? Um, it's it's going to be a big talking point. Yeah, will if, be. if if she does go there with Zaki, who else goes there? Yeah, it I think could be a very small field. I think mm. she's seriously considering it. Mm -hmm. It's just a case she, of how we pull. I mean, 
straight I spoke to her after last night and she said he was he'd pulled up fine mm. um, but I guess it will be the next few days and she probably won't make doesn't really need to make a decision she doesn't. Mm. until she until she's ready to yep. mm. uh, let's go and hear from uh, Annabelle Neesham James McDonald and all the uh, jockeys in behind I mean the Hollander was easy to watch and, and um, I stood with Carl Holt and I got to the 300 and I said don't get excited yet and then we got to the furlong and I said I think we we're alright here. <laughs> um, wow. Could you believe how confident James rode Zaki today? Yeah I could, He's, he was very confident. He said just leave it up to me, I'll, um, I'll get him in the right spot, we'll, we won't overcomplicate things and yeah, brilliant ride. He was so great in the Doncaster but how much have you seen this horse change? Uh, to be honest, I was bullish getting into the Doncaster. Um, I knew he was, he was a very good horse, and he just hasn't taken a backward step. Um, he's ran the 2000 pretty easily, and um, I can't wait for the Cox Plate. You can set him for anything, <laughs> whatever you like. <laughs> yeah, um, and I actually better big, give a big shout-out to Stuart Bowman, who found this horse at the Newmarket Tattersall's Horses and Training Sale. Um, we didn't pay a whole lot for him. Um, he was a little bit older, but we took a chance. Um, we had to fill the bud fit the budget, and um, big credit to him because he he uh, he looks a proper Group One horse. It worked out brilliantly. Like it's um, it's rattled around my head a few times how the running was, how the race was going to be run, and um, I thought it would generate a bit more speed than what it was on paper. But it it couldn't. It did say it couldn't have worked out any better. I got across in my own steam. I ended up having cover for a good four or five furlongs right to the 600 where I've done no work and pushed the button and he exploded. It was a devastating performance and I think he's a horse that, um, I know we saw a great performance on the Gold Coast but this was, I know the margin was bigger than that but he felt terrific today and he relaxed a lot better so um, going forward he's definitely on the rise and um, uh, I hope he's got the, the race in three weeks uh, at his mercy. Nashra Willa, Toffee Tongue? Yeah, very honest Mayor. Um, Basically, I felt I had the run of the race today, but um, you know, I think the winner's performance is something I haven't seen in a long time. Very good horse. She was as honest as today's long. Regan Bayless, Brandenburg. Yeah, it was a terrific run from him. Um, began extremely well up going up to the 2,000 metres and just had his ears pricked in front. We floated a really nice tempo, but he seemed to really enjoy it. And it took the turn of foot out of those other ones except for Zaki. So it's his first really proper, proper go at weight for age level and he's run third, so it was a terrific run. Ron Stewart, Natoya. Yeah, good. Um, I was really happy with her run. She was uh, on her um, best behaviour today. Um, jumped good. Look, the tempo was really solid. Um, I'd love to be almost been a length further back, but the tempo was that solid. We sort of had to be where we were, and she really finished her race off really nice. I think it'll be a really nice horse over the road uh, with the longer straight, and um, I thought, yeah, it was a very good performance today. Opie Bosson, Melody Bell. Yeah, we just got a fair way back out of our ground uh, when they quickened up from about the half mile, 1,000, and just she was totally off the bit completely and um, under a lot of pressure but she, she done well to run home for fifth and it was a great end to a great career. Uh, obviously you just look back on this with such great fondness of what she's given you the last four or five seasons. Yeah she's been an amazing horse to myself and my family and given us a lot of fun so um, I just hope she goes to a good home and it'll be exciting to see her babies go around. Karen McAvoy of Villiers. Yeah we got a, a fair way back in the race, um, he travelled nice, I sort of had to come wide to make my run into the race and um, I think he's just probably needing a little bit more juice in the ground. Um, if the rain was around like it was last week, it would have suited him better. So, um, yeah, hopefully we can get that in the coming weeks. Damien Lane, Humidor. 
the race shape just didn't really suit him. It was high pressure from a long way out, which gets him chasing off the bridle and um, yeah, just, just took the turn of foot out of his legs. Jim Byrne, shared ambition? Yeah, look, um, he bounced reasonable and started to... I actually had to do, do a little bit more than I did in the Hollandale to actually pick up a position early. Um, but he never really got into a rhythm. He was the first horse at the half mile where you had to ask him for a little bit of extra effort to get on to, get on to Zaki's back, and you know, he never picked up thereafter. Glenn Boss, the Dragonet? Yeah, he was really disappointing, wasn't he? Um, I was in trouble a long way from home, which is so not like him. So, um, yeah, anyway, congratulations to Annabelle and the, the winners, and, and James, That was he was fantastic, the winner. Um, wouldn't have been a horse to me, horses that around that could have beat that horse today the way he went, so full congratulations to them. Um, yeah, but my bloke, this I don't know, they, he felt physically fine, so there's no reason for, for him to run that bad, so maybe when he cools down, they might find something. Um, found to be uh, coughing, so you're agonate. Humidor has been retired. Yes. Uh, $4.5 million in prize money, that famous second to Winks in a Cox Plate. And uh, Melody Bell bows out. She goes to the sale now, and she'll be retired as well. Yep. And Natoya was in a sale. Um, don't know what they're doing with her, but she she'll never retire. Natoya. <laughs> uh, so that's that Q22. What it does, it gives the option for those uh, three-year-olds out of the Derby and um, other horses coming through, uh, fillies and mares through the through, through the um, fillies and mares series to maybe progress as well. That's on uh, Stradbroke Day. Now, interesting man, Carl Holt. You'll know his colours there. Those Zaki colours, the blue with the red. Um, he, Bernie grabbed him for an interview uh, yesterday uh, to have a chat about the man who has this horse, Zaki. Now, there was a, there was a hundred owners in Zaki, yeah. um, and he's also got lost and running, so he's staring down the barrel of having an Everest runner in lost and running. That, that's only a matter of days away, you can imagine. I think John O'Shea was quoted saying that uh, lost and running would have a slot by the end of the week, well, maybe it's the end of next week, but he will he yeah. will get a slot in the Everest. There are there are the, the seagulls are hovering, yeah. waiting on a hot chip. Yeah. Uh, but Carl Holt's an interesting man, and he's one of the part owners. They are his colours, and Bernie caught up with him at Dooman yesterday. I've, I've had horses in Australia for 20 years, and all of a sudden I've got you know this one and another one lost and running. It, it goes pretty well as well. So it's been a long wait. Yeah, you mentioned lost in running. Obviously, he's looking for an Everest slot. I think it's coming. We hope so. <laughs> we hope so. And what about Carl Holt? Where do you come from? What do you do in Australia? Um, I was originally born in Wales. Uh, I've been in Australia for the last 16 years. I'm a very proud Australian. Um, right. I live in Sydney and have a lovely life there. And how many horses would you have? <laughs> Too many. Too many. I've That's heard that say before. That's, that means there's a number there, but I've got no idea. Uh, there is his horse, Lost and Running, at $11. Um, Nature Strip is in. Classic Legend is virtually in. Bonho has the slot, but he's yet to arrive in Australia. Mask Crusader is in. Uh, those those two-year-olds stay inside and Animo will create interest. But Lost and Running, Lost and Running and Eduardo could well be the next two in, you would think. They both deserve. Yeah, yeah deserve they, they've, they've earned their spots. Yeah. Um, just a matter of doing the right deal, I suppose. Yes. Um, and then you've got Geetra uh, as well. I'm very interested. I'm, I'm, I'm always interested in the early three-year-olds, races, mm. Mm. Yeah, especially this year. I think they hold a lot of interest, but it's a patience game, and if they don't come up, you, you're left with, oh, I've got nothing. So yeah. it's a... It's a, it's a same as every year. Yeah. Well, yes, 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 changed things. And all of a sudden last year, we had more three-year-olds uh, going to be in the mix. Unfortunately, Rothfire, who had a slot, mm -hmm. didn't make it. But he's on the road to recovery. Yeah. Farnan was in. Yeah. And he 
didn't go on. And I think there was another one uh, well in contention, but we were, we were lining up maybe three or four three-year-olds. None of them got there last year. No. But we know they have the potential to get there yeah. because yes, 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 change things. And I they're think, good I think what the, the, with the Everest, there's so many, there's not a, a tried and true solution for every single slot owner. Some of them want to go off early because they want to promote their yes. slot. Some of them are happy to wait. It doesn't, you know, it's it's not a, a case of promotion. And then others are doing it because they are involved in the horse. So there's so many different scenarios during this whole process, and that's why each year is never the same. It's always different mm -hmm. as to who picks up a who picks up a horse or which one goes. Or sometimes it's a surprise package there. So and that's why it works yeah. because as when Peter Valandi's announced it, he said there's only one rule. There are no rules. Yeah. To, to doing a deal. Exactly. Yeah. We're going to come back and uh, look at more of Dooman. Bernie stays with us. Rose Hill's still to come here on Thoroughbred Weekly. Straight after the race, Robert Heathcote wasn't sure whether Emerald Kingdom was indeed nominated for the Stradbroke because this race puts him into the Stradbroke. Thankfully, this horse, Bernie, is nominated for the Stradbroke and it's full steam ahead. It is full steam ahead and that's, that's just how this horse likes to race. He did go around in last year's Stradbroke. Um, you know, he's been a multiple uh, Group 3 listed winner previously. It was great to see this horse back to his brilliant best and he's just one of those horses that can do at both ends. He rarely draws well anyway and sometimes I think it's perhaps advantageous for him to draw out a little bit because he's just such a high pressure horse that he wants to go forward and do it all. So great to see him back. I think of the beaten brigade obviously. The second horse was very good um, to Fane. What do we do with Garibaldi? Maybe he just doesn't run that kind of trip. I know that he would look awkwardly placed pre-turn or actually right on the point of the turn. He looked to be finding a few bums, but as soon as he straightened, uh, the run eventuated Ronnie and he just wasn't able to charge through it like we expected he could. I think he's a sprinter. Uh, his record says he's a 1,200 metre horse and a couple of tries he's had at that 13, 13, 50 now, he hasn't been the same horse. So Tony, Tony's, he'll work him out. He's, he's a very talented horse. He can run great sectionals, uh, but uh, I just don't think it's going to be at 13, at 1400 or 1350 metres. Um, uh, Skins was good there, considering dragging back from the barrier, a few little um, speed humps along the way. He, he's obviously a talented horse. Uh, let's hear from uh, Robert Heathcote and Robbie Frad. Well, I'm probably going to be drunk for about two <laughs> weeks because all my mates, including the guys at the golf club, when they put up $71, I said, guys, he's an eight-to-one chance. I said, start backing him. And, uh, look, I wasn't too disappointed with his first up run because he had to do it hard, and you got to give it to the old fraudster, eh? <laughs> I said, Robbie, we got it. He said, leave it up to me. I know this horse. So Robbie's the best. There's three of us Robs over there and they're all happy. And Greg, um, it meant a lot this, uh, this race because of this horse. I've had a lot of success on him and um, I know when he's in the right frame of mind on the day, he's as tough as nails as horse. Very hard to get past. And um, when I got to the front that easy and just kind of come back a little bit, I said, I tell you what, if he just gives me that little bit in the straight, 
he'll be as tough as anything and they won't run him down. You went out early, you knew you were on song then? Yes, I said to Rob, he's a rhythm horse. Don't break it, don't try to go back. If you see wide without cover, that's all, it's also good. He's just got that rhythm. He's as tough. Um, when he got to the front like that pretty easy, I just kind of just brought him back. Gave him that breather between the 700 and the 500 and um, I think that was enough. Ayrton, who didn't go by air, he had to go by road. He did. He's arrived. He has, boy. Uh, to think such a lightly raced horse that's sort of never been out of restricted company can be such a dominant favourite in a, such a prestigious race. Bernie, um, what's the talk about Ayrton and, and the Stradbroke this far out? Oh, everybody's terrified. <laughs> there's, there's lots of talk and lots of hype about him, so we're probably going to see lots of stories over, on him over the coming couple of weeks. Um, but they're all really frightened. But we've got um, a couple of locals that are, will be seriously advantaged, of course, at handicap conditions like your Nikonovas, um, and a couple. Of, there's, there's obviously a few others as well. But um, you know, he's the high horse, and yeah, we're running scared at the moment. I think. <laughs> Let's have a look at the uh, the roses. The last race on the program uh, for the three-year-old fillies. I'll give you an easy question this morning, Bernie. Who wins the Oaks? <laughs> Oh, <laughs> very funny, Craig. <laughs> I've got no idea. I've got no idea. There's a lot of good runs in this race. I mean, obviously, Grace and Harmony covered a lot of ground. I think Only Words was... She was the filly in the right spot. They were spread out over, obviously, 15 or more lengths. She was sort of running fifth, sixth, so she was there to pounce, but... Grace and Harmony covered a lot of ground. Senora Nera didn't have much luck in traffic. Um, your locals probably didn't run on too well. We're expecting more from good size. Um, Charm Star, I guess, was the interesting one. And I thought Bargain was brilliant, Ronnie. Yeah, look, it's it's a wide oaks, isn't it? And uh, Chris Waller, all those, he just dominated that race other than Bargain. You know, I think Chris had the winner and then you know, third, fourth, fifth, sixth and seventh or something, so... If you get a wet track, Bargain will be advantaged, yes. won't she? she That's was, when she comes into her own. Yeah, she was five weeks between runs there, so Mark's got the timing right with her and hoping if she's... It, she'll be top pick if it's wet. And the Oaks this year is 2,200. Yes. Which, which is something to take into account. They, they've made this... Uh, they've put the Brisbane Cup to 3,200, which is a great idea. They're running the Oaks 22. Mm. So it'll come down to... Track conditions, Charm Stars, another one will come on, first run in Australia. I think that's the run Grace and Harmony had to have. You know, knowing Chris's, how he just backs off, gets them ready for the grand final once they're qualified. So I wouldn't be too harsh on her, considering the dominance prior to Saturday. So the Oaks is wide open. Uh, here's Waller and Williams. She was there at the 300 metre mark and gave a good solid kick and uh, proved to be a winning one. Great for Denise as well, uh, who's been with you for a long time now, and more owners involved uh, yeah. with this one. Yeah, we've joined up basically with uh, a team from New Zealand, Luigi Mulo. Uh, he bred the horse. Uh, I think the trainer from over there, Clint, he stayed in. Quite excited about the Sweeney's. He was a horse that raced well in Australia, and he's gone to New Zealand to stud, so looks like he can throw a good horse. 
she got the right profile like probably five of Chris as well as other horses and um, she's done a few things wrong in her lead-up races and today she did everything right and she's quite dominant she'll gather um, another good experience from today and most importantly confidence so she'll line up in a very competitive oaks in two weeks if they decide to go that way with her and hoping I get the ride and I'll be really keen to ride her because uh, it's a very competitive year but she's just shown today she's won the the, uh, the main lead-up race going into the oaks. So having said all that look who's favourite. Yeah today. out of sight out of mind. Uh, she's trialled the other day and ready to go full steam ahead I'd say. Fresh blood. Yeah. Fresh blood. Well, she did beat Bargain Home in the Oaks, didn't yeah, she? Yeah, she did. Uh, we'll take another break when we come back more on Thoroughbred Weekly. Let's go to the uh, the Carter Stakes and uh, Rhapsody Rose Burney, a real tough effort, just fought them all off. Yeah, great effort. She was really good at the coast, um, first up from a spell. Um, there was really good money for her here as, as well yesterday. She does it both ends. She sat outside Dovetail Diva, who I think choked down is what I've read, uh, looking at it, um, but gave a great kick. Marcy's always had a big rap on her and you remember when Justin Huxtable got kicked by the pony at the coast, that was because this lady was playing up and we saw her do that, or start to do that again yesterday and they took her out very early, got her onto the track. So I don't think we'll see her parade anymore, she's just too fizzy. Um, but yeah, she's obviously going to be winning plenty more races and um, big disappointment obviously was Dovetail Diva. I thought um, Steve O'Day's filly was good there and so were Wallers running on. but. This lady did it both ends, so plenty of merit to her. And here from uh, Chris Munts, also a cameo appearance here from uh, former Howard uh, Government Minister Peter McGurran, who was uh, one of the uh, ministers heavily involved when EI hit at the federal level, and also Justin Huxtable. You know, you can tell Justin had to do so much work on it, to overcome an awkward gate, and then he, he got her back under him really nice. And just, she's so tough, and I've got no doubt, like in time in racing, she's going to run a mile or more. And um, oh, I'm just, and I tell you what, I'm so pleased for Justin too. You know, it's he's only got a couple of wins left, and he's got no allowance, and he's he's riding with the big boys now. I think he's only. He's probably the only apprentice here on the day, so it was, a, it was good for him to win a stakes race. Yeah, he's streets ahead in the in the premiership as well, isn't he? There he is. But, you know, this filly will back up next Saturday. I'll run her in the sires, and um, she'll go from there on to the, um, the JJ. I'm dying to see when you get the opportunity to actually put her in behind a couple. Yeah, my word. I mean, it, we haven't seen the best of her yet. I think she's still working, and it's... Uh, hey, Pete! 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 <laughs> Peter! Peter! Peter McGowan. <laughs> Here's, here's Peter. Here's former former <laughs> former Minister Peter McGarren. Well, look, you've, you've got to get the best trainer. There's no point having a good horse unless you've got the best trainer in Australia, and that's Chris Munt. Simple as that. <laughs> we love your work, Peter. Well done. Go and enjoy the win, Chris. Former, Thanks, How former Howard Government Minister Peter McGarren with Pinecliff Racing. That's Rhapsody, in, uh, Rhapsody Rose. I've been very few horses as tough as what this filly is. Um, I always stand by the word that Stamp is probably the toughest I've ever ridden, but this filly's very close second, and she's got all the ability in the world. Her mindset's probably not quite there yet, but she's one tough little filly. You were travelling, you put the leader away, then you had to hang on. That's right. I, like, it just shows how credible a win it was. I had to use her early. Um, I got a few sectionals with her on the bridle, but then once 
I could have I sort of felt the horses that I wanted to beat behind me starting to creep up on me, so I had to put it to the sword early, and I was just lucky I was on probably the toughest horse in the race. You've made Chris Munch very happy. Yeah, that's right. Um, it's uh, not. It's a bit of a secret, but like a few people close to me know that I've been going through some very hard times at the moment. And um, the closest man to me, Chris Munts, has been the one there sticking solid by me. So um, to be able to come here today on a Group One day and win a listed race for him on such a filly that's close to our hearts is a big thrill. Uh, the Group Three, Pam O'Neill, was won by Nudge, and it was just a case of finally. Yeah, it was, wasn't it? I think she'd only won two races prior to this, but it'd been incredibly unlucky, I think, um, in a few races this time in. Obviously, Yamazaki was back in the ruck and Huey took off down the back and just put this incredible speed on, got Graceful Glamour and Parody all off the bit, and it was, well, everyone was off the bit, actually, but it was this girl that rallied and really she just outsprinted everything on the day, Ron. Yeah, she deserved that. She, um, she's had excuses galore all preparation whether it be through track bias or getting too far back in slowly run races and she'd just been absolutely airborne and and her record didn't give her as, uh, the credit she deserved but she got her group three win yesterday Yamazaki I just think she took off at the mile um, that's and that's not like her usually she finishes like a bomb but actually it nearly worked and um, of the others I think Considering it was a mile first up and the way that race was run, that Paradis going to come out the other end a, a bit tougher next time as well. So I wouldn't give up on her. Uh, let's hear from uh, Chris Waller and Kieran McAvoy. Each and every one of us starts as Brett. You can make a case for her. Um, yeah, but she's a good, genuine mare. And, um, yeah, she's... she's she will win another race in Queensland pretty quick on the strength of that. Yeah, look, she's been running really well. Um, she's as nice as the day is long and... Off the back of that great second in the um, in the coast race a few weeks ago at Gosford, she's come up here and um, primed, ready to go. She put up a great performance there today. How much did that help you when that mid-race speed came on? I was really worried. Um, I began really well, but got a spot, you know, in a customary spot back in the field, and they did steady right up along the back. And I was worried then. I was a little bit happier when Huey took off on um, on, on uh, the the horse from from back in the field and it just made it a bit more of a test so but I must admit I was still worried at the 400 thing I'm a long way off them but she showed a great turn of foot to get back into the race. Now to the uh, Chief De Beers quality uh, Bernie if Zaki didn't turn up at Dooman yesterday this was the run of the day this was the talking point of the day Varda. Varda what an incredible run obviously the speed was good you know with uh, Kylie's taking them out here. Um, what was interesting was, was Karen McAvoy's thoughts after the race. We had no idea that he'd almost fallen off out of the barriers and that was why he was a clear last and, and letting everything sort of unfold in front of him. But again, an explosive finish. And this is what is capable of happening at Doomburn when the track is in, in great order and there's nothing wrong with the fence as well. We see these horses with these enormous finishes um, able to blouse them, which is surprising to some given that... The, the circumference of Dooman, but Varda just let loose down the outside here and was super impressive. Yeah, she she'd come on. Uh, she went okay at Hawkesbury first up, but gee, she'd improved a lot there. That 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 Hawkesbury rush is a good lead up for this race um, over the years, and uh, it proved it again there yesterday. Uh, let's hear from James Cummings and Karen McAvoy. He he really had a day out. Raced superbly, hasn't she? And uh, just was able to absorb the pressure beautifully and. Once she peeled to the outside, she really had that. Gave me that impression that she was going to run a race. Uh, great to um, 
Great to turn her into another new stakes winner. She's been through a little bit of the doldrums. She won four races in a row last winter and uh, we, we tried to keep her up uh, with only a brief break to score a bit of a black type in the spring. But she ended up looking too good. Um, she actually performs a bit better when she looks a little mean the way we have her today. And we had a very fit. The guys got her ready at Osborne Park earlier this week. And uh, I know her fitness kicked in when the, uh, when, the, when the race was run solidly and she was screaming home late. It was more good luck than good management because um, I came out quite rough out of the barriers on her. She went to, she stood up okay in the gates, but then she, she had a bit of a crack in there. I got a man up and right at the death when they're about to go, she went to plant her head under. So I've took one hand off and called out to the starter. Unfortunately, as I said, he was pressing the button. So I've came out with one hand on the reins and came out on her mouth and bouncing on the saddle. And so I felt like the man from Snowy River. So how did you win? I don't know. <laughs> no, she's done a great job. I was very lucky that they went a good pace um, and I was able to get her back in a, a bit of a rhythm after that bungling at the start. And she did the rest. She picked up really strongly from the back. So, um, yeah, nice effort by her. When you go and watch the replay, it looks incredible what she did, that finishing last 300. Yeah, exactly. You know, she, she, she'd shown that she's got a good finish. And as I said, I was just lucky they went really quick. They went quite sharp and continued a good pace the whole way. And we sat back with no pressure and then pressed the button and away she went. She's a good, good mare in her own right. How did you win? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Trying to work it out. Uh, Bernie, when uh, before uh, Kerrin came back over towards us, we could see him with James Cummings. He was making all these hand gestures, and uh, we knew something had gone on. We didn't know what went on. This is what went on. You saw a glimpse of it there in the uh, when we were talking to, to Kerrin. But here's the arm going off. She tries to burrow under the the stores. Her head goes down. His hand comes off, and they let him go at that instant. Yeah, it was almost as though he, he missed grabbing that petition because obviously the gates opened and I guess that was a good thing because had he had a good hold of that petition anticipating he was going to get off, she would have been gone without him. So that is just a, a, a classic example of how many things can go wrong in an absolute split second for a jockey. As he said, the starter, he was already pushing that button when she started to do that. So a lot of luck involved, but a great effort. And at the end of 1110 metres, she was in front. Now, um, we're running out of time here. I want, I want you to uh, talk about the other winners of the day. Prince of Aragon, every chance. He's a horse going places. I think so. I mean, that was a, a pretty dominant win. In saying that, um, you know, we had a Queensland nine-year-old that, that was the favourite in the race. So, obviously, he had a bit of youth on him and he rallied up really beautiful coming to the turn. He probably was the only horse in that race that showed a turn of foot as well. And little Kate Cow, well, she really got away with it on cloak. Oh, it was fabulous. Big day for a three kilo claiming apprentice to A, have a ride on a group one day, but then to get away with a win. You know, she she let Cloak roll. They rolled along in front and there were some good sectionals, but I thought she used her head and she didn't uh, she didn't go for too much whip in the straight. Obviously, he was out on his feet, but uh, full credit to her. And um, as she said, it's a little overwhelming, but it was a great day. And uh, Kisakana, what a record. 16 starts, seven wins about $800,000 in prize money. She's a beauty. She is an absolute beauty. She's got the wildest action you'll ever see. And the best thing about Kisikano is uh, 
last start at the coast and indeed yesterday, they're more opting to ride her off the speed, gives her an opportunity to just find her groove mid-race, have a breather because she always gets that, that near side leg swinging. It looks so exhausting just carrying that big body that she's got. So I think the fact that they've just come back a notch has added another feather to her hat and you know makes her more versatile. She'll be a better, better mare for it down the track for sure. Two more markets before we finish on Brisbane. Guitra not nominated for the Kingsford Smith, but he's going there. Yep. So he'll add a lot of spice to this carnival with Savatiano trekking um, and that list. That's the Kingsford Smith. Looking forward to Guitra because he's on the cusp of getting an Everest uh, slot as well, like he did last year. And the Queensland Derby is, at the moment, all about seeing if Explosive Jack can make history and win four derbies. What an achievement that would be. And we've got... Chris Waller's going to be so strong in both the Oaks and the Derby and every other race he wants to run in up there. Yep, for sure. Uh, Bernie, uh, next week, um, big day, Derby, uh, Kingsford Smith and also mm. the Million Dollar Sires. Yeah, and don't forget the Fred Best Classic in there as well. Um, a lot of staying races, actually. Lord Mayor's Cup, the Premier's Cup, the Helen Coughlin uh, for the Phillies and Mayors. But, yeah, it's all about the million-dollar size and, indeed, the Kingsford Smith and the Derby. So three great features to come next week. Thanks, Byrne. Thanks, guys. We'll See take you, a break. When we come back, Lizzie will take us through Rose Hill Gardens yesterday. OK, time to look at uh, Rose Hill Gardens, where Lizzie was yesterday, and we start with the uh, Tab Highway, uh, race one. It was the Class 3 1,200 metres, and uh, Underground Music uh, got the money here, Lizzie. Yep, Underground Music. It was um, a couple of horses that were well in the market, were probably didn't run up to expectations. I'll get to them later. But Patino Ruby um, was your leader. He, she sort of like found the line strong enough, but there was always a bit of a question mark whether she was going to get a strong 1,200 metres, and that just set it up really nicely for Jean Van Overmeer and Underground Music, who just hit the line with a bit more gusto. I think that's really what it was in the end. He just had a bit more staying prowess over the 1,200 metres, and uh, he was really forward in condition, ready to go, nice ride. Um, couple of the beaten brigade who were well in the market, Luminoso, who was quite well fancied, he was found to be making a respiratory noise, but I think you can follow um, the winner going forward, but, but the rest of the field, you know, it's one of those races whether you find the right form out of it. Encouraging the second filly, I thought it was a huge risk at 1,200 metres considering she had 900 metre form, so there were signs there that 1,200 might be okay because she was first up. And on more Sundays, well, she just doesn't help. Well, he doesn't just help himself. He got too far back there. They did question him as well, asked why he got too far back, but he was told that more Sundays can get a little bit keen. Mm. So with that in mind, he decided to get some cover. He's a tricky horse. John Van Overmere on board for Kurt Goldman. I was very happy when I travelled in the run. I'm sort of three, off, three back, one off. Um, I had the second favourite on the outside of me, which I was pleased about. And when we sort of got into the straight, he gave a good quick kick. I was able to get on his back and run over top. Looked like you were just trying to hold her together for as long as possible before you unleashed her. Yeah, for sure. I, I, I've, I've ridden this, this, this horse once and, and won on her as well. So I knew, I knew what her go is and that's exactly what I did. And she's pretty progressive too. Now on three of eight with a couple of placings, she's headed in the right direction. For sure. She's got a great record and thanks to, to, to Kurt and the, and the connections. Um, hopefully she can go on with it from here. 
Now, let's go to uh, Overman, winning race number two on the program. This was the, uh, the two-year-old, and he now has earned his ticket to head north. Yeah, he, look, he's been knocking on the door to get this win on the board. He's been really uh, good in two runs this campaign. He's always showed quite a bit, but maybe just hasn't come to fruition, and he's always one that you think is going to get better with a bit of time on his side, and he still doesn't have a massive amount of confidence. You see he was able to sort of get upsides Volcanic Rock, but wasn't quite able to put him away until this last 50 metres, where I think Volcanic Rock, it was a combination of Volcanic Rock getting a little bit tired, and him starting to level out and, and find the line strongly. But everything went perfectly for him yesterday. He has earned himself a spot. I do think there's more to come from him in the future. Volcanic Rock looked excellent in the yard. He probably has a little bit of improvement still to come, just the way that he races. And three wise men found the line strongly. Greater Harlem, there just wasn't enough speed on for him. Yeah, I thought he'd do more Greater Harlem. I think he might probably go to the break for a break now. He's, he well, obviously he won't shape up in Queensland. The winner might probably go, I don't know if he backs up next week or not, in the size, maybe? I think JJ Atkins was there, okay, was, main, was the, the main target, but that's, that's what we'll, they'll tell us later on in the week, I'm sure. Overman, uh, ridden by Tommy Berry, and here's Michael Hawkes as well. He jumped well, and he was up on the speed, and Tommy put him in the right spot, and he just adapted well, and he really hit the line good, and he just wanted to lay in a touch the last bit, but once he got clear of the eventual second horse, he actually hit the line well. It's only his fourth start, he's still a baby, he's still learning, but I think as the journey gets on in time and in distance, I think he'd be better for it. We've always had a big opinion of him since day one, but he's, he's had a few things not go right for him. This preparation, I think he just lacked a bit of confidence, and uh, today, even when he went to put him away, he didn't really know how to do it, but he take a lot of confidence out of that win, I think, and he'll, he can go on with the job now. What sort of future do you think he has, like, distance-wise and where he's going to get to, say, next preparation? Yeah, he feels like he might get to a mile. He's always felt that way, and he, he feels like he's above Saturday grade, but he's got to go on and do that now, and, you know, he hasn't proven it yet, but with that win, hopefully, like I said, he'll take a bit of confidence out of that, and he can show us what we've always hoped he promised. Uh, let's go to the third of the day. This is a benchmark 72 over 1500. Uh, the Kiramar David Eustace trained Charlize brought uh, consistent Melbourne form to Sydney. This was a bit of a messy race. We didn't see Born a Warrior electing to go forward and, and set up such a strong tempo and that sort of enabled these back markers to bring them into this race. A horse like Charlize and Wariri Falls who found the line strongly and finished off in second but it put pay to a horse like Manson Missile's chances where he wasn't able to dictate and uh, control the tempo but Charlize did a really good job. She's a horse as Greg just mentioned that's had plenty of consistent form in Victoria around those Sandown meetings and she was, came up looking pretty fit and forward in condition. The race was set up to to suit her. Really good ride from Louise Day. She saved all the ground um, and basically I think that was a winning move in the end. I thought that Manson Missile still ran well. Wariri falls. He's going to definitely have a good preparation ahead of him. And Ruby Tuesday, well, she was up to her old tricks. She uh, lost a plate in the mountain yard, had to be replated behind the start. Then she played up and she missed the start. So she had a forgettable run. It surprisingly was such big odds, $10, that she had the best form in the race. And... Um... Nice piece of placement by Kieran, and I agree with the, the second horse, Minson Missile. He, he was upset when Born a Warrior took up his position, and um, I thought there was a lot of merit and fight in him as well. Uh, let's hear from uh, Jack Bruce, uh, representing Kieran Maher and David Eustace, and also Louise Day. 
And she really deserved that. She came up with some good Victorian form and uh, the writing was on the wall after the last start. So to be honest, we're a bit surprised to see her $10, I suppose. The draw's a bit tricky, but she was given a good ride by Louise. She got the brakes when she needed them and she won. And she just kept pinching those inside runs. Yeah, very important. I suppose the pace on helped her as well. But yeah, it's uh, good, good to see her put the win on the board. She deserves it. And uh, that's the beauty of being a dual state operation. We can send them up here for good prize money. It's good winter racing in Sydney and, and for the money that's an offer, it's worth it. Yeah, consistent mare and Louise has uh, had a fair bit of luck riding for you guys. She was apprentice to uh, Karen early days, so that's the connection there and, and congratulations to Louise. She gave it a good ride and got the brakes and it's good for her. They obviously went nice and fast for her early when they bunched around the bend. I knew we were in the right place and just had to wait for the runs because she wasn't going to win coming around them. Um, but when the runs came, she, she, she really went through, through her gears and was very strong on the line. Jack was saying it, she really deserved that victory today. She's been a model of consistency all the time. Do you think she can go on with it based on that win? Most definitely. She's coming through her grades very quickly. She's really put the riding on the wall now and she's in for a really fun winter. Have you had a lot to do with her? Uh, no, I think she's only just got up here. Um, but yeah, well done to obviously Kieran's staff down in Melbourne for preparing her and, and Jack for for just keeping her sweet, so good job, team. All right, we've got a lot more to get through. A lot of talking points still to come out of this Rose Hill meeting. Up next, we'll talk about I Am Power, the bittersweet day for Tommy Sherry. It's all still to come. Okay, welcome back. Now let's uh, let's go right to the last race of the day. We'll, we'll play that race later on. But what happened to Tommy Sherry um, on Turidan? He's got a break in two places in his arm. That's correct. Yeah. So he's just come back from a shoulder. He's had. He's only been back two weeks. He rode his first Metropolitan winner back on Wednesday, and he rode a double yesterday. Um, and. The last race came around and he was going out onto the track on a horse that's had plenty of racing, not a young horse, and it just buried him. And you could see straight away that he knew he'd, he was in trouble. He crawled underneath the rail and he was holding his wrist. And we all assumed it could be his shoulder because that's where he's just come back from. But you could see he was really downtrodden. He, he mm. knew he'd done... You know when you know yeah, you've broken you know, something? And you know. he was holding his wrist. And... Yep, two breaks in his wrist, he's going to have an operation and we just wait to hear the prognosis and hopefully it's, it's not a long one because he's mm. had no luck whatsoever. Terrible timing this time of year when these apprentices shine as well and he was probably the number one yeah. go-to. Well, as Lizzie said, he rode a double and then that happens in the last. That's right. So, we'll, more news on, on, on Tommy Sherry and the operation to come on that broken arm. Now, before we show this race, still on Tommy Sherry. Yeah. Tell us this remarkable story about Tommy Sherry and I Am Power. This it has to be one of the best stories I've ever heard in racing because he, so I Am Power and Tommy Sherry started off at Michael O'Callaghan's in Ireland and he rode uh, I Am Power as a yearling and he strapped him for all his runs when he was in Ireland and then he got sold to Hong Kong. And then you fast forward a few years and Tommy is working for Mark Newman and he walks across and recognises this horse with his head over the box. And he said, is, where's that horse from? And Mark said, oh, it's from, it's from Hong Kong. And he said, is that horse by power? And he said, I'm sure that's the horse that I used to ride back in Ireland. And there you go. It was him. It was him. Incredible. I am power. And then they partnered up yesterday to win race number four. I just think it's the most amazing story. 
All these years later, um, here comes I Am Power, the horse that Tommy Sherry knew as a yearling. They've both travelled the world and they join up in Australia for this win. Now, this is second up off a long break and, and Ronnie and Lizzie are at pains to uh, talk about this horse's performance and how good it was at Gosford. Everyone saw how unlucky it was uh, behind Blondeau. Blondeau was sent out favourite, but I Am Power got revenge. Yeah, well, how did he actually look yesterday? When we looked at him at Gosford, he, well, we didn't know what to expect, but he was a big, heavy horse, and yeah. he was unwanted in the market because of that. I think, so yesterday he looked perfect. He'd come on uh, greatly in his condition. He was also really settled and relaxed in the yard. I remember he was a little bit fiery, and he was a bit sweaty as well at Gosford. But the, the hardest part about this was Blondeau had come on as well. Mm. So they were both sort of at level pegging, because Blondeau had come on in his coat. You know how much improvement he needed. And I am Power also needed that improvement as well and I think it was just the way the race was run that suited I Am Power whereas it didn't suit Blondo. so I think both of their performances have a lot of credibility to them obviously Ramstein ran second he was up on speed and made his own luck but I think I Am Power and Blondo are, are in for well they have uh, had a great preparation going forward but I think both of their runs have plenty of merit going forward and um, really excited to see where I Am Power goes he should go through the grades nicely he's obviously got ability lovely time of year for him to do it and I think we left Gosford thinking well that is the form race of the day, and that showed up there. One, two, three, come out of that Blondo race, uh, where they run that very fast time. And although disappointing if you backed Blondo at the short price yesterday, uh, maybe he he might want a little further than twelve hundred. Maybe he just wants a little sting out of the track as well. But I wouldn't give up on him. That's that's. I think that's good form again. Yeah, I tell you, a horse who is absolutely flying at the moment. He's been pretty good to me. Is Epic Dan when he finds a wet track he's one to um, definitely link up with. Uh, let's hear from, well, obviously uh, Mark Newnham was in Brisbane yesterday, so let's hear from uh, Robin Fowler representing Mark Newnham and also Tommy Sherry, who was feeling pretty good at this stage of the day. It was a great run today. I mean, we jumped and sat in the perfect spot, exactly where we wanted to be, and uh, Tom just got him home really well. Good training performance by Mark and the team at home after being off the scene for so long to then return with two terrific efforts. Yeah, it's, it's good to see a horse come back this way and hopefully he just keeps going on with it. Lizzie made the point out of the yard that he'd taken that natural improvement as you'd expect after one run back. Yeah, he did and he pulled up really well from that run so um, today was his day and hopefully more to come. You always might know a whole lot about him Lizzie but I strapped him as a two-year-old in Ireland Wow. when he won his first two starts. so. Uh, it uh, means a little bit more. Um, speaking to his old trainer, Michael O'Callaghan, this morning, and um, yeah, it's a bit of a crazy thing that we can ride them the other side of the world. So he's gone a full circle back to you, and now you're riding him here. That you would never have thought that you're strapping him early on in your career, and now you're winning on him here at Rosehill Gardens. Yeah, um, how things can change, eh? Uh, but, uh, he, what was he like early days? Uh, very coltish. Uh, always a big, strong horse. Um, but uh, he's done a fantastic job. His first two starts, he was. Unbeaten, um, boss sold him to Hong Kong, and I suppose he wasn't wasn't probably the suited horse to go there. But I think he's going to have a bright future in Australia. And uh, Tommy Sherry did it again. 
when uh, Mirror Vision won the uh, the very next race, so he put uh, wins on the board back to back, Lizzie. Yeah, he did, and and she looks as though she's returned in terrific style. Remember, Ronnie, she's one of those mares that always has showed quite a lot in her yep. career, but never quite delivered, getting back up to that sort of winning peak form. But I think you're seeing her completely different this time around. She just looked to me as though she'd returned in great shape. I spoke to actually the owners after the race, and they said to me that she has definitely had a good spell and come back stronger, and she's going to be really effective over the next few months. Turnstiles was so disappointing. I'll get to her later. I think that when you're looking at a few of these other horses, Starla didn't have a great deal of luck. Hellenism ran out of her skin in that type of grade, saving all the ground. But I think the winner was probably the run of the race, and the disappointment had to be Turnstiles. Uh, the winner is probably very good fresh as a rule, so I'd want to see her do it again, but encouraging thoughts from you. I, well, Hellenism was unbelievable. Um, bit of a up-and-coming highway horse last prep. He's had a year off. Well, it's going to be one of the favourites in the country championships. Would have to be. Uh, no, it was going to be, well, and then yeah, she never... She had a, the, went a miss. No, yes, the, um, the heat was transferred from Coffs Harbour to Grafton, and in the meantime, she wasn't right. And then she went out for all that time. I think she'd be still eligible for a Class 3 highway, I would think. Yeah. Um, so... I always remember her putting those two wins together two preparations ago, and her last one was that highway win. Mm. Um, so if she's back to her, she looks like she's back to her best on that run, mm. with a bit of improvement still to come, she's definitely going to be competitive in anything they decide to put her in. Uh, Turnstiles was just too bad to be true. There, uh, might be a highway, there might be a highway coming up, just sorry, Lizzie, yeah. for Helen, because it was scratched out of the highway exactly. yesterday, so there must be, he might have another one in mind. Yeah, for sure. Being yeah. ineligible if she won that, though. And I know Turnstile did nothing there, but... Um, I don't think it's a 1,200-metre horse. Uh, let's hear from Peter Snowden and Tommy Sherry. Given a gun run, uh, really good ride by Tommy, and um, a well-deserved win. She just kept on coming, didn't she? Yeah, no, this one thing you can bank on her giving 100%. Has had a good spell. Uh, two good trials have got her ready, but uh, you still got to pull out that bit extra uh, first up, and she's done a great job to do what she did. On that return, it looks like she's in for a pretty good preparation. Let's hope so. Gab, is a, she is a very good wet tracker, so... Um, we brought her back with that in mind to uh, have her back for the season. The carnival's over and these off-season season races, she's going to be very competitive and, and uh, that's a good start today. There was a genuine tempo throughout the whole race. Um, Mr Snowden uh, placed a well today where, where we could get a dream run and, and once we got it to the outside, she built up and really attacked the line. Um, very strong, our first up record is, is impeccable. So. Uh, kind of expect her to do that, but uh, it's good to get the job done. I was uh, talking to you on Wednesday, you got your first Metropolitan winner back and now you're having a double on a Saturday. It's starting to build momentum because you've just come back off of injury. Yeah, for sure. Um, I had nine rides today and uh, a strong book of rides, you know, for the top trainers in Sydney. So my first winner for Peter and Paul Snowden, which is a, a big tick I can tick off. Um, very pleased to do that and uh, very grateful for the opportunity. Talk about being on a high mm. and a roller coaster. There, there he was talking to Lizzie about things are going great. I've just ridden a winner for Peter Snowden. Yeah. I can tick that off my list. Things are only going to get better. How quickly it can change. Yes. And we've explained that to what happened we with just, Tommy. Hopefully it's not too long off the scene with the break. It yeah. ends quickly. All right. Well, we're going to take a break. When we come back, maybe a Queensland Oaks horse uh, with the next one we're going to have a look at.
three-year-old benchmark 72 over 2,000 metres, won by Rebel Rama. Now, the story behind this one, Lizzie, Rebel Rama uh, was going to go to Adelaide for the Oaks. Yes. But she never got there. She, I believe well, she, she got there. I believe she got there, but she didn't get a run. Yeah. So she went to the Australasian Oaks and went down to Adelaide, had a trip down there, but didn't get a run, and came back and ran in this race, this benchmark 72 over the 2,000 metres for the three-year-olds, and has now booked her a spot in the Queensland Oaks. And you'd have to say that she's going to be competitive in a race like that, considering that she's a, an emerging staying type. I think she beat a nice horse yesterday. I really like this horse, Maranoa. I think that he's got a, a bright future in this type of staying contest. He just probably just over-travelled that little bit too much, which set, set it up for a horse like Rebel Rama to get the last dash at him. And I think with a horse like her, she's got a lot of upside because she's quite green. You see back in the field, she wasn't really travelling. And then when Michaela started getting into her and urging her along, you could see she started to bring out that staying ability. And when you see these horses, their first try over the 2000, trying to get that distance, there was a few tired horses in behind her. So... Um, her performance was good. Second horse is a nice horse going forward. Quiet Michael hit the line okay. I thought he was uh, showed a good bit of staying ability, but I think it's all about the winner in the second horse. Yep, um, that race is always for the fringe dwellers, the for the Oaks and the Derby to see if they're worth a trip away. Mm. And um, I quite like the the margin they put in to the fourth horse there. So there might be some hope. As far as the Oaks is concerned? Yeah, I do know the second horse. I spoke to Adrian Bott after the race and I said, is there a chance that he might continue on to a derby? And he said there is certainly a possibility. He would have preferred him to win the race, but mm. he said there's certainly a possibility about him going forward. And he's out of an Oaks winner as well, faint perfume, perfume so he yeah. should stay. That's it. Uh, Mark Connors and Michaela Weir. She just rode a retreat and it makes a big difference when you can draw a barrier. And, you know, we had no weight on our back today and everything went to plan, so it was, it was a great result. The favourite tried to catch them napping, but she just kept on coming. Yeah, she got off the bit a long way out, and you know, Michaela, the, luckily the brakes went her way, and she was able to get out and uh, get on a bike when she needed to. Outside of a run at Hawkesbury, where the gate was no help that day, the rest of her prep's been pretty good. Been fantastic, and there's been a bit of a story, because we actually we tried to get to Adelaide again, the Australasian Oaks. We got to Melbourne, we didn't get a run, so we come home. So that's why her runs have been sort of spaced a fair bit, this prep. Uh, yeah, she's going to go to Queensland now and run in the Oaks in two weeks' time. That's been the plan. That's been the plan all along. Yeah. So well, it's just a plan B anyway. Despite that hiccup where she's seen a bit of the countryside, you're definitely going up north. Well, it's just making it now. Yeah, she walked around the enclosure today like a, like a five-year-old, so she's going places. She got well out OK, and then from the gate I just come back a peg. Um, but through the middle stages, I was quite worried. She wasn't really travelling that great, but um, at the same time, she did find a lovely motion. Just, just didn't travel as probably as as I would have liked up on the bridle, um, and then I was able just to pick my way through them. And I thought she she just hit the line so well. All right, now on to the Lord Mayor's Cup at listed level. Polly Gray, this preparation has won the Epona Stakes Group Three, the Gosford Cup listed, and now another listed Lord Mayor's Cup. Yep, yeah, she's in terrific order. She is in, and and what the other thing is, not only is she in terrific order, she has now ticked the box of going on a 
you know, a soft five. I think that's one of the biggest factors about her. She failed when she ran in the JRA plate on a good four, but she was able to be effective yesterday on a soft five. So I think that shows plenty of merit in this performance and it just shows what great form she's in. And this was a genuine staying test. It was a really strong tempo. Half these horses didn't get the 2,000 metres because it was one more like a 2,100 metre race than it was a 2,000 metre race. Um, but she was only going to win this last 50 metres when she was challenged by Parry Sound. And I think that's what gave her the competitive edge to find the line strongly. He ran well, Parry Sound, the Lord Mayor stuck on OK. Um, Stockman, there was an inquiry opened into Louise Day's ride and the tactics. So um, they are going to have a look into that later on in the week. So that's one to stay tuned for. But all honours with the winner. She now goes to Queensland to the Magic Millions Mayor's Sale. Yes, um, I want to follow Stockman. I think he's a win there's a win in him over winter, especially if he finds a wet track. Um, what an amazing job Chris Waller's done with this mare. Like, she's an older mare. He's just worked her out to win, you know, three, three out of the last four now is amazing. She's no star, but, you know, Chris has to cope with tall poppy syndrome these days, you know, because he's obviously so dominant. Everyone wants to kick a tall poppy down and but he he's just he's a he's a champion trainer yeah. to do what he does with these horses with the amount he has as well yeah and consistency. Uh, it's um she's she's in this um i saw she was in the bedding for the q22 do they sell well there's a someone buy that's a carrot to sell you know well you can run in this if race. you don't have zaki in the race you well i'm sure second and third prize money is pretty good mm. but if she's in terrific form when mares are in form it's great to keep them going I'd love that. See that Perry Sound put his head in front one day. I don't know about him. He's, uh, he's a little think about things when he looms up there. Uh, anyway, I'll probably back him again next yeah. time. <laughs> <laughs> did you back Nudge yesterday? No, I didn't. Oh, I should have. Gone to the line with that? <laughs> yeah, Char bring them giving it up, a nudge. So. <laughs> Charlie Duckworth and Tommy Berry. Another uh, tough win from her. Obviously, each win gets harder and harder as she creeps up in the ratings. Uh, so it's a really tough effort today. Uh, very well rated by Tommy. Uh, obviously, the two greys in the race let the speed go, and they just sort of camped off, um, which looked like it was going to be a, be a bit nerve-wracking. I thought at the top of the straight, because I know for one, Wugok doesn't lay down easily. So, um, but it, it was obviously the right decision to be made. What a good little mare she's been. Yeah, she has. Um, we thought obviously wet tracks were the key to her, but she's done it on a, on a firmer deck today. So uh, full credit to the to the mayor. She's she's really thriving in Sydney, and um, long may it continue. She's such an easy mare to ride. Like um, the speed was on early, I expected to be a bit closer, so I came back and found a spot, and she switched off well for me. And then sort of going through your head whether you chase the ones up front, even though you know you've got the chances behind you. So it's a bit, you've got to find a happy medium, but. She felt like she was always going to get there, but I was a lot more confident when Parry Sound came up because she just went into another gear. It was brilliant. She wanted to get more competitive when she saw the other horse upside her. Yeah, she did. She's, she's that sort of type of horse. She, she sort of just wanders about when she's in front. She was very much the same in the Gosford Cup last start, but it was just good to see today when, when she got challenged, she, she pulled away. And there is uh, Polly Gray winning another feature. We're going to take a break. When we come back, uh, two more races to look at at Rose Hill Gardens.
on to race number eight. Uh, this was a benchmark 88, 1500 metres. Now, set this race up for us, Lizzie. Well, I guess it was the. Ellsberg was the short price favourite. Kerwin's Lane was a horse that was always going to be finishing off strongly, but I didn't anticipate that uh, Kerwin's Lane was going to get into such a perfect spot, and it was just a brilliant ride from Brenton Abdullah, and Tim Clark did nothing wrong. He tried to control the race, and that's what Ellsberg loves, but he has this vulnerability where he is vulnerable if he doesn't get complete control, and that paid into the, or played into the hands of Kerwin's Lane, who is absolutely flying at the moment. John O'Shea's horses are just going so so well and he had improved massively from Hawkesbury he'd taken the next step and I actually I think he's I, I listening to John yesterday they've got a good opinion of him but I after seeing that win yesterday where the, the way that they cleared away from the rest of the field I would suggest the winner has got a, a bright future over mm. a mile too yeah very confident jockey on board yesterday um, look Ellsberg you can't say he was disappointing look at the margin the third the the, the, the winner just over uh, hit the zone second up there. I, I'd say uh, we could easily say brilliant ride. I think it was more of a smart ride than a brilliant ride. He drew barrier three. Ellsberg drew barrier four. Where the, the when I say a smart ride is, he rode him out of his zone. Usually he's back in the ruck, but he says oh, the perfect opportunity to, to to just get straight onto the back of the even money favourite here, and that's exactly what it did. He slipstreamed him, and that was the difference between winning and losing. Just Riding a length or two out of his pattern, but had the beautiful draw to do it and capitalised. All right, let's hear from John O'Shea and Brett Navdala. Once he drew soft, we were sort of optimistic he could be in the finish, and uh, when Brenton sucked up behind the favourite's back and peeled off his back, it was always going to be hard to hold out from there. Only second up today. Looks like he's going to have a nice preparation. Yeah, well, they cleared out from the others. Uh, like I said, he's a really good miler, and I think he's got a good mile in him at some stage in his career. He's got a, a good winning record now, and, uh, you know, like he should get... Uh, probably a little bit higher on the ratings during the winter and then we'll come back in the summer and see what he brings. You're right about his record. He's now won seven, plays five out of 21. No, he's just a great horse for you know the Finnamore family and it's been a good week for them. They produced a really nice horse on Thursday and, and then he's come out and won today. So uh, congratulations to them. They're great supporters of our stable and they've got a couple of good horses at the moment. Yeah, he's a talented horse. I like him. I still think he's got good upside and um, a low draw suits him. I was able to sort of find the spot through back the rail and... Timmy just went at a controlled gallop, but um, what I needed was just the horse in front of me to pop, and as soon as it popped, I was able to sort of just cart up behind Tim and just take my time, and he accelerated really well, and he was there for me late. Yeah, he, John has got a high opinion of him as well, and he thinks he's got a really nice smile in him later on in his career. Do you Are you under this same impression as him? Yeah, I've only ridden him a couple of times, and every time I've ridden him, like he's, he's accelerated really well and got himself out of a, a tricky situation. So... Um, I like him, he's got a good turn of speed that'll help him and uh, he's with the right man at the moment. John's horses are going really well and um, they're doing a great job, the team behind them. And that brings us to the last, the uh, 1800 benchmark 78 and this is Mubaris. Yep, well this um, capped off a good day for one of our own, Paul Joyce. He'd had about four winners and he liked this horse Mubaris and he was able to get the job done at, at the double figure odds and I thought um, I thought it was a good performance. I think a few of these horses in this race didn't go as they expected to as we expected them to go. Steely um, didn't run up to what I expected him to do and I think that Mubaris just found a race where he was able to sit back off the tempo and find the line strongly just ahead of Monsieur Sissou who did a great job, who's definitely 
got a, a nice preparation ahead of him. Uh, I thought one of the nicer runs of the day was Lagrissa, who found the line strongly. She's definitely got um, something in her this preparation, as uh, most of John O'Shea's do. Approached discreet, who ran third, um, hit the line nicely for his first run here in yep. Sydney. Look, he's a nice enough horse, isn't he? He's only second up there. He's going to have a, a really good winter, I would think. I agree with Lagrizia. Um, first up there, 1800. So she has more to offer and can stay. Approach discreet, just might want it a little bit softer. Uh, he did enough, but he just might want it that touch softer than that. He did tip well, Paul Joyce. He did, yeah. yes. He, did he had a, a great day. day. Yeah. That's his job. I gave you half a second and you didn't use it. It is, it is. It is his job. But, <laughs> no, no. You know. It was a great day. It was a great, it was a great day. day. Well done, Joycey. It was, it was yeah. nice. He wanted to show off while Ronnie wasn't there. Yeah. Uh, let's go and hear from Charlie Duckworth and Tommy Berry. Scratch from Wednesday with a big wait and to come here and obviously had Tommy Berry already booked, so... Uh, look, another another masterful ride. The key to him is is getting clear air and um, and you know plenty of daylight because he just gets hates the kickback and gets a bit claustrophobic. So from barrier three, he was going to be a little bit sticky, um, but we just had to make sure we we're off the fence and he was very strong to the line. Sort of horse that every preparation he picks up wins. Yeah, absolutely. Look, well, I don't I don't think we've really got to got to where he can get to. I think there's still plenty of upside in him. Um, I'm not sure exactly where that will go, but I'm sure Tommy will tell us a bit more. I've had a lot of luck on this bike. I think I've had three wins out of five or six rides. Thanks, guys. And um, yeah, he's just he, Chris really really knows where he's where he's about now. He's a horse that needs plenty of galloping room, and was a bit worried that we we're going to get that from barrier three, but was able to get a nice spot in the run, and he improved in the race well, and he was nice and strong at the end. Ten now. 10. It still seems like a fair way away, but it's better than 13. Well, we talk about James McDonald. He's 10 ahead of you. That's uh, that was well. It was better than when you first started the day. Yeah, we'll see what happens on Wednesday when he comes back. But uh, he's won a Group One in Queensland, so why doesn't he just enjoy the week up there? <laughs> well done. Cheers. In other words, just stay away. <laughs> just stay away. Yeah. Leave me alone. What's he saying off camera? That's Tommy. Tommy, very. Well, he's he's, the, same on, saying, he's yeah. the same on and off. But what yeah. is he saying off camera? I said, well, I keep sort of tormenting him a little bit. I'm like, oh, 13. And then obviously it got down to 10. Each time he had a winner, I'd take one off. Mm. And he said, yeah, but it's always Wednesdays mm. that he you know, gets back. Um, but his, his thinking is that it's going to be tough. He's not going to give up. But he said if there's one thing he's going to do, he's going to stop Jason McDonald having a holiday. And that's good enough. Yes. <laughs> and that's satisfying he's, uh, enough. That's right. <laughs> yes. so I think that's quite funny. <laughs> you could easily say he's got no hope of running McDonald down, but he is so driven. Well, keep saying that to him. I know. Tommy, you got no hope. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then he'll just get he, more hungry. Yeah. He will. He will. Well, yesterday it was, uh, so it was two for Sherry and three for Berry. That rolls off the tongue beautifully. Unlike some other times when you try and uh, mention a jockey's name, Sherry and Berry are easily. This poor kid, Justin Huxtable, walked up to be interviewed by me yesterday. Poor Justin. Well done, Justable, uh, Justin Huxtable. Congratulations. Uh, you rode a very, very tough it's girl not, there. Yeah, you're definitely right. It, it's, not, it's not that easy to say. No. Justin Huxtable. Justin Huxtable. Justin, Justin. <laughs> Truly. No, I'll take it plain again. It's not that easy to say. Sure. Justin. Huxtable. Huxtable. <laughs> it's not that easy. It doesn't get easier the older you get it. You know that. Hmm. Yeah. Play it again. 
Yeah, play it again. Huxtable, congratulations. Uh, no, you wrote a me. very, very tough <laughs> girl there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we've, got, we've got staff that are speaking. They're, they're, they're pressing buttons as well as I was speaking yesterday. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, I'd like to say well done to Justin Huxtable. <laughs> it's not well. that easy to say, you know. Well, I think it just oh, rolled I'm off the tongue. Even, I'm not even going to try it. <laughs> well done to Justin Huxtable. And that is it. Thanks for joining us. That's an hour and a half. Another hour and a half next Sunday where we'll do it all again. Have a great weekend, everyone. Thanks for joining us on Thoroughbred Weekly.